podcast with your producer, Seattle Who. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Who's Place Studio Who cast. This is season three, episode seven. I am your producer, and for tonight, your host, Seattle Who. And with me tonight on this special episode are Val Prohaska, your normal host, who's a guest tonight, and our special guest, Who Amp. And uh, Val and Who Amp have got something special planned for us. They are going to do a draft of the players on the team and uh, make up two teams. So, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Just fine. It's good to be here. Feeling well. Glad to be here. So, how does it feel to be in that seat, Val? <laughs> well, you know, it's the same seat I sit in normally. So, uh, you know, <laughs> feel in fine. Same seat on the opposite side of the table. Yep. All right. So, before we get going on this draft, there is something we need to talk about, and that is that our schedule, our hoops basketball schedule, has already been impacted by the coronavirus. Unfortunately, Florida has had at least one player, coach, or manager, somebody test positive for the disease, which means that Florida has to pause their basketball activities For a period of time, that covers our scheduled game, and they will not be making the trip to Mohegan Sun, and the game is officially canceled. So there is no Florida game. Well, crap. I mean, that was uh, obviously the highlight of going up there. So do we go up to play Maine? I saw enough of them last year. Look, I don't need to go up there again, but... Yeah, it's a good question. Is it, you know, from a... From a monetary standpoint, is it worth it? From a risking your your people's health standpoint, is it worth it? You know, what are we going to get out of playing just Maine and then having you know a, a week off or week and a half before another game, which is going to be, I think, another cupcake, right? Another tune-up. St. Francis. Yeah. All right. So two tune-ups. I mean, St. Francis was originally our first game. That was our Wednesday game the first time it was uh, the Bubbleville announced. St. Peter's. And then, well, excuse me? You're thinking of St. Peter's. St. Yep. Peter's, Thank okay. Yeah. We're playing St. Saint Peter's, St. Right. Francis, St. John's, St. James. That's, it's all the same. Many of them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all the well, that's saints. embarrassing. Okay. Everybody's a saint. That's all right. We all do it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see if we do wind up playing on on Wednesday. Of course, it might be too late to you know to put the brakes on the main the main game without you know serious effects. But you know, and, and I, I'm the one who posted on the tweet on the Who's Place Twitter. Maybe the NCAA needs to consider de- delaying the season for two months, and maybe let this thing burn itself out. Maybe we get country gets a handle on it in two months. If they push it back two months now, then you know, you can have your tournament be May and then ending in the first week of June. You still have time to get everything in if you push it back. And maybe, you know, maybe we can get a full season in. But, I, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, going well, this, is, this is our new normal. This is, what's, this is what the season's going to be like all season long. So just we got to get used to it now if they're going to start, they're going to start playing now. I guess there is a chance if we started a couple months later that um, there would be less starts and stops, but that's fault, um, not a guarantee at all. So No, there are no guarantees. 
Yeah. So the the only guarantee is that right now the virus is raging out of control. Yeah. Worse than it's yeah. ever been. And this is really the time to be starting a season. And especially now it's like so many games have already been, been impacted around the country. And you know, so like famous coaches are positive. We have players coming down with it now. It, it just seems like it's yeah. not safe. And especially the other traveling, you know, I'm sure they're doing buses or charters and they're not in the same terminals with, with the, hordes apparently that are already traveling for thanksgiving for thanksgiving because i think we have a rising number of people that are just saying screw it you know they're demonstrating in hunting in beach california against the curfew and yeah but as my wife says you know we may be done with covid but it ain't done with us that's right yeah so, uh, that's right it's uh well all i know is i have not subscribed yet to flow hoops which is going to be the broadcaster of record for our main game. And I guess I'll wait until uh, about one o'clock on Wednesday to, uh, to subscribe. It's, it's pricey, but um, you know, I'm going to take one for the team. So All right. we'll be able to talk about the game afterwards. But. Right. It's too bad. It's not one of those things where you uh, sign up and then you don't pay for five days. and You just cancel. <laughs> well, See, they know that's exactly what we would do. So, <laughs> right. Not much of a business model if everybody uh, gets it for free, you know, if they give it away for free. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I was willing I to pay for, I was willing to pay for a month. But two things. One, they wouldn't tell me how much a month was going to cost me before I signed up. I clicked on pricing to see what it was going to cost, and it, it takes you to you know, your account creation screen, put in a username and a password. I mean, I'm not putting, I don't, I don't work that way. You tell me what it's going to cost me before, you know, what, what am I paying for? How much am I paying? And then I'll, I'll sign up. I would have, be willing to pay 12 or $15 to watch one blowout game against a lousy team. I'm not paying 30. Sorry. Just not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so we hope they play. But most importantly, I don't want I don't want any of our players getting sick. And God damn, I don't want any of our players or coaches or managers dying from this thing. Not worth it for a basketball mm-hmm. game. Just mm-hmm. not worth it. And some of the permanent damage that that people can come away with: lung damage, heart damage. You know, I still don't have a sense of smell except sporadically. We have friends in, in Washington State that just caught it, and the one girl, she's lost her sense of spe- smell and t- taste. She doesn't know if she's going to get it back. I mean, this is serious. It's a serious freaking virus. Killed my father. I find he was an old man who already had weaknesses, but COVID's what put, you know, what put him in the ground. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. we hope they can play safely. We want to have a season. We're going to go forward with this. We're going to go ahead and do this draft. Now, the way this draft is going to work, we have Val and we have Whoamp. And I have a number in my mind between 1 and 10. You're each going to guess, and whoever gets closest to that number is going to get the first pick. You guys ready? Okay, four. 
four. Uh, eight. All right, my number was seven. So who amp goes first? Now okay. we're gonna have we're gonna go through the rounds, and who amp's got the first pick in each round because we're running this like a real draft. And no, we're sneaking. No, nah, see this this we're is sneaking. see I'm the host. I'm running this, and this is a I'm putting you guys in a live situation where you got to make decisions. You have all your information, and then <laughs> after three rounds, we're gonna have we're gonna throw some additional players in the eligibility because you guys are going to pick eight players each. You've got your 12 scholarship players, and then you're going to have some additional players to pick from for the last when, when you're making to, to fill out your, your rosters. So we're going to go three rounds. You guys can make your picks, talk about your picks, and and then we'll, we're going to bring the additional eligible players in and finish out the draft. It's going to be fun. See, these guys had it all planned out. They thought they had it. They thought they were coming here with a script. They were just going to kind of read it through. And I was like, no, no, it's going to be live because that's what makes it interesting. So, Huamp, you're on the clock. All right, very sneaky. Are we going to do the snake snake draft? We are not snaking. We're doing it like a real draft. No, Seattle's being a snake himself. So, that's the snake here. (laughs) All right. Um,. With my first pick, uh, I'm going to take um, who is we think will probably lead the team in scoring, and that's uh, transfer Sam Hauser. I think right. um, he's obviously versatile. <clears throat> he can play the three or the four. Um, potential All-American, ACC Player of the Year possibly. Um, he uh, shot 219 threes uh, the last time he played for Marquette and, and still shot 40% from deep. So, I mean, he's a ball. He can put up a lot of shots and make a lot, too. Uh, he averaged 14.9 points a game, 7.2 rebounds, 2.4 assists. I think he can just do a lot of things on the floor. Um, obviously, he, he's been here a year. Uh, he didn't play last year, but he was in the system learning the defense. I believe that deep defense was one of his deficits, but I'm hoping that he, you know, picked it up on that in the floor, um, learning the system and, you know, having his redshirt year. Also an excellent uh, free throw shooter at 92.4% um, his last year at Marquette. Um, and he's 44% from beyond the arc uh, as a, for his career at Marquette. And, you know, Virginia just didn't have a player like him last year. Um, he's just that, that score, go-to scorer that, that we need, I think, to put us over the top in some close games that we lost last year, especially early on. And um, so, yeah, so that's my first pick, Hauser. All right, first pick in the draft, well, Sam Hauser, 6'8", 225-pound forward. And so, Val Prohaska, you're on the clock for your first-round pick. Okay, well, i got 10 minutes, so uh, <laughs> you can sit there and uh, entertain everybody and uh, tell them stories from, uh, from your collegiate days. Um, well, I'm going to go with Clark. Kihei uh, Clark. All right, great. Kihei Clark. I mean, this is going to be Clark's team. I mean, we all know that. Uh, I think we were surprised at how much it became Kihei Clark's team last year. And he's going to be, I think, the breakout star this year, which is kind of hard to imagine. You know, he walked in as an unheralded, you know, five foot nothing, you know, almost afterthought, you know, but he obviously is, you know, the one who made the play. But you know, he came in second year, 
having to shoulder just an unfathomable load. And he just he put this team on his back. I mean, we couldn't shoot. And it was just, it was atrocious. And yet somehow we still finished second in the ACC because of him. I mean, more than any other player, I think, in the Bennett era, this, this team is this man's. So, you know, we know the stats. He averaged 5.9 assists per game. But, you know, you do that on a, on a per 100 basis or per 100 possession basis to, you know, account for our pace of play. And he was, you know, had the third highest assist of any power five, you know, point guard. So That's he also amazing. is a wonderful free throw shooter. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a reasonable three point shooter, you know, adjusting to the fact that the line was two feet longer. And you could just see him grow last year. So I know that there's some who think that he's kind of reached his ceiling, but I, I think he smashed through the glass ceiling each of the last two seasons and I, I, I'm a firm believer in writing the trend. He's going to smash through it again. Um, he won't be the leading scorer. I mean, Sam Hauser is, but uh, he's going to be much more in the four, you know, 13, 14 point a game range. Um, then I think a lot of people say, well, he'll do, he'll average 10. As and I'm you real, Val, you know, I'm real interested in seeing what he averages in assists this year. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and obviously, you know, he, he there were a lot of crap turnovers. I mean, shaking your head like, wow. Yes. Even I wouldn't make those yeah. kind of turnovers. But I think we've all identified what those problems were, and he's going to have help in a way he didn't have last year, which we'll talk about when we get to a further draft pick. So my team's starting off with the, the general himself, um, Kihei Clark. All right. Great. So very strong first round. I think both. Well, they were the both, two obvious choices. <laughs> yeah, both teams have uh, ACC Player of the Year candidates. I know, uh, you know, Sam Hauser is, is the overwhelming choice from of, of from Virginia by the ACC media. But at least one ACC writer uh, did think that uh, Kihei Clark is actually the, the his Player of the Year candidate. So, uh, all right. So now we go to the second round, and who amp you are. On the clock. It's only five minutes in the second round. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Give me. I'm going to go ahead, and I don't. I know that. I know that Val definitely likes him some Reese Beekman. I just don't know. You know, it's a little bit of strategy now. So I'm going to go ahead and take Beekman as my guy running the show, running the point. We've been hearing some good things about him, and I think he can shoot a little. He's a great distributor, good vision, and it's obvious that Bennett has a lot of confidence in him. And we, we all think, I think everyone at his place thinks that Beekman is going to, you know, have a nice contribution as a freshman. Yeah, and Reese Beekman is a six foot three inch freshman out of Louisiana who grew up in Wisconsin and was the number. 56, I believe, in the RSCI yep. Top 100. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I uh, went to, uh, let's see. Right now I was thinking of um, Hauser. Sorry, Hauser's the one that went to uh, Bennett High School. Right. Yeah, yeah so. I'm trying to think of the high school. I can't, I know it, but I can't. And, you know, we have a football player from his high school, uh, Jonathan Horton. 
Oblivion. He right. actually Beekman, played in Zeppelin yeah. and Christian yesterday. Beekman went to Scotlandville Magnet. Scotlandville Magnet, yes, thank you. All right. That's another good, another strong pick. Another very well, it, strong it pick. really was. Um, who have you were reading my mind because if uh, <laughs> you had taken Huff like I expected, I was going to run the point guard, you know, right right off the first two picks. And this is why so, I got rid um, of the snakes. You, you you did do that well. So, all right, I'm, I'm obviously yes, yes. And now Val Prohaska, you are on the clock. Okay, well I'm ready to go. So uh, obviously there's no debating or choice, you know, who's going to be the next. And that's going to be Jay Huff. Um, you know, Huff has grown incredibly and this really is his time, his year. Uh, I met Malcolm Brogdon four years ago down at a Virginia pilots baseball game. It was UVA day and he was throwing the first pitch and signing autographs. And when it was my turn to, get my autograph signed, I asked him, I said, so of this recruiting class, and, you know, I included the Akite, which was, you know, was about to enter mm-hmm. Virginia. I said, who's going to have the biggest impact? And it, it didn't take him long. He, he said, Jay Huff. So uh, I have relied on the fact that he had some level of insider knowledge for years to know just how special Jay Huff was. When was that? Like and August, July, Remember? Something like that. I mean, yeah, it was that summer, late summer. Late summer. So very likely Malcolm had played with Jay. Could have. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he did. Yeah, because the little former players, they come back in the summer, and and the, the recruits are there, and the current players are there by mid-June. Um, and so they're all – you know, I used, to, I used to go down to U-Haul, because you could just you could go and you could walk into U Hall and you could sit there. I used to go sit there in the summer sometimes and watch just watch the pickup games. And, right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, all right, great. So Jay Huff, seven foot one, red shirt senior center, another ACC Player of the Year candidate, at least in my mind. And so now Val Prohaska has Kihei Clark and Jay Huff, and Huamp has Sam Hauser and Reese Beekman. All right, so we're going to start the third round now with Huamp. You're on the clock. Okay, um, I'm going to say I've got a you know big first round big guy. I've got a point guard. I'm going to go with Thomas Woldentensai, senior from Bologna, Italy. Yes, Italy, and via Indian Hills Community College, I believe that was in Iowa he came from. Yes. Mm-hmm. Either Iowa or Kansas. Well, Tumwa, Iowa. Iowa, you know, Homer Freight or Riley, so yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep, 6'5", 197-pound senior. Um, and I think that uh, Wilton Tensai is, is going to be more consistent than last year. Um, he obviously started out pretty slow last year. Uh, he had a wrist injury. Uh, that kind of affected his shooting, I think. And then in addition to that, he came from the JUCO ranks. And I think he, the game was just a little bit you know, too quick for him at first. And he was obviously learning the pack line. And so he was very slow shooter, uh, very slow um, as a as a three-point shooter. But then he really caught um, fire in the middle of the year there. Let's see. I have it written down here. He went, he went uh, seven-game stretch in the middle of the season. He knocked down 28 of 60 
uh, 46.7% of his threes. Mm. And we also think that he um, got better as a defender throughout the year. Uh, I think he's a really hard worker. He's a scrappy kind of guy. And uh, I, I just think, and I just think along with that, he's, I think he's going to have more of a consistent three-point approach with being healthy, being comfortable at the D1 level, uh, getting well on ten side. All right. Great. Well, I, mean, that's a, I mean, that's a good pick. I mean, I think Walton Tensai took some time to figure out how hard he had to run to get around screens. And when mm-hmm. that clicked in his mind, that's when he hit his hot streak. And then everybody else in the ACC realized he was hitting, you know, 28 for 60. And, you know, they started running players at him all the time. So, you know, we all know that Hauser's going to make Clark's life easier, and I think Walter Tensai is going to be the guy who's also going to be the single biggest beneficiary of of Hauser's presence because Mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to run that many guys off the line. And you better believe that the first one's going to be going to to Hauser. So, good pick. I like that one. That's correct. I should say, you know, uh, Walter Tensai did, you know, cool off again in the end of the year as, as, uh, you know, the team's key on him. but. I'm counting on having more offense on this on this team uh, with with Hauser. So, <laughs> well, we're we're all counting on that. So, yeah. Yes, my team and also the larger UVA team. <laughs> all right, Val Prohaska, your third round pick. Okay, so this is a risk for me because you know uh, he's coming off of an injury, and he's a freshman. When Tony doesn't always play freshman, lots of minutes. I mean, Beekman, we know, is going to get him. But I'm going to go with Jabri Abdul-Rahim as my third pick, mostly because I don't see I don't see a true three on this team. You know, um, we talked in our last Hoops 2020 podcast about McCoy maybe being able to play a three, but I don't see McCoy as a three. Um you know, there's Statman, but I think Jabri's got more upside than Statman. So I'm going to go with Jabri Abdul-Rahim. A, you know, if, there can't possibly be anybody listening to this who doesn't know his his lineage. But his father was Sharif Abdul-Rahim, who played for 12 years, was the third pick of the draft, you know, multiple-time All-Star. And then finally just his knee broke down, and he's now currently president of the G League. So, you know, this kid has grown up living, breathing, seeing basketball, seeing development. And other than, you know, Kyle Guy, Rahim, Abdul Rahim is, you know, Bennett's highest ranked recruit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's a three, you know, he's, he's what they call a three level scorer. He can score from deep. I mean, he's not a stunningly – I mean, he's he's a average outside shooter, but he's got a silky smooth jump shot, you know, in mid-range, and he's very comfortable finishing both with both hands just from the, the limited highlights that I was able to see. Mm-hmm. But he is coming off an injury. Pretty much didn't play most of his senior year. So, you know, we'll just have to see how he comes. So I do think he's fully healthy now, but, but – um... Yeah, he will have lost some some development time. Sure. All right, so that okay. so that's, that's my a third. good pick. Now we're going to go. Who amp? You're going to make your fourth pick, and then I'm going to announce the additional eligibility players. So who amp? Who's your number four? 
So you you want me to pick and then and then announce the Pelican yes. players? Yes. Yep. Really, okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the guy that you know we're hoping maybe can take a step with his shooting, and um, that is Cody Statman, junior from Australia. 6'7", 204, although I think I've heard that he actually grew. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's the rumor. I mean, he's We're very calling long, him 6'9", and yeah. what what he said the other night in the Meet the Team thing, that he is 6'7 barefoot, and <laughs> they measure them with basketball shoes on, and basketball shoes are going to add at least an inch, maybe like an inch and a quarter, something like that. So in basketball terms, Cody is a solid 6'8 so we're going to say 6-9. That's what I'm going to say. I should say. So Cody is 6-9. So, yeah, I'm going to line him up um, just to kind of end the season. I think he's going to be – I think he's got a good chance to start at the three spot there. And, uh, like I said, I hope he develops his shot. Uh, unfortunately, he's only shot um, about 27% from three both years. But I think last year he did – have a couple of good games. He scored uh, 10 points and 11 points in back-to-back games against Virginia Tech and Boston College in the middle of the year. Um, I, he's a, I think he's an underrated defender, and I think his length really helps with that. And he's now in his, uh, what, third third year in the system, so I think that helps there too. And uh, I think he's got some athleticism that's a little sneaky too. We I remember last year there was – I can't remember the specific game, but there was a game last year where he had a couple of high-flying dunks, and I feel like everyone was like, whoa, where did that come from? So I think uh, Statman, I'm, I'm counting on that he'll be a bit of a surprise uh, breakout this year and um, be a good addition for me at the at the three spot there. Give me some more length too. Yeah, you know, I saw, I saw Statman dunk like that before he came to college, so that was not a surprise to me. And well, there you I go. think you'll be happy to know, who Amp, that in the last 10 games of the season, Cody Statman went 6 for 12 from three-point range. That's a nice stat. Yes, it is. All right, so we're going to take a mid-fourth-round break here, and I'm going to announce the – the other curveball that I'm throwing these guys. And this one I think is going to make Val feel a little bit better about losing the snake and, and, and going second all the way through this draft because he's going to be the first one who gets to pick from our additional pool of players. And each one of you can pick two players out of this pool. So you have to have six current scholarship players and then two out of this pool, which is the players that have graduated from the program beginning with 2013-14, so that would be Akil Mitchell would be the first one, except the players that are currently under contract in the NBA are not eligible. So that's going to be you know, your Joe Harris, uh, Justin Anderson, Malcolm Brogdon, DeAndre Hunter, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, um, Mamadi Diakite, who just signed a contract today or last night, and Anthony Gill. Okay. Trying to remember all the players. Yes. (laughs) Tears are worrying. Minds are racing. Fouls. All right. So here's what we're going to do. All right. We're going to – 
we're going to go off the record for, for a few minutes. And when we come back, we'll start drafting. All right. You take a couple minutes. All right. So we are back. Val Prohaska is on the clock. This is the second pick of the fourth round. And um, so everybody knows the, the new eligible players. And Val, are you ready? Yep. Took me a second, but yes. So I'm going to take full advantage of that rule, and um, I need someone who can stop, uh, you know, Hauser. So I'm going to go with Braxton Key. Braxton Key, six foot eight, just graduated this past season or after this past season. National champion. Good pick. I mean, he is. He's sort of. I mean, he won't have to score, which will be nice because that's certainly a challenge for him. And, you know, we, we, he can do it and he has his moments, but, you know, trying last year to be the, you know, the second or third scorer was just, it was painful to watch at times, but he is a, as fine a defender as we've had in Virginia, um, can play a little bit of point guard even. And, um, I'm going to be happy to have him and his leadership on on my bench. I got a pretty old group here coming. I got Clark, Huff, and Key. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of lot of senior leadership on this particular team, because for leadership, you know, Clark gets counted as a senior, even though he's only a junior. That's right. All right, so now we start the fifth round, and uh, Huamp has the first pick in this round, and you're on the clock. All right. And you, uh, you said we have eight total picks, correct? Yes. And we have to take at least two of the graduates. You, no, you you take you have you have to take at least six off of the current team. There's twelve scholarship players. If you want to take a walk on, that that's within your rights. All right. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with London Parentis. London Prentice graduated 2017 after a four-year career that saw his team win a lot of games. Yeah, one of the winningest players in, in history at Virginia. Um, obviously, great point guard. Um, I'm looking on, on my particular team. I'm looking to hopefully have him on the floor with with Beekman, have two great ball handlers out there. Prentice is, can be a deadly three-point shooter at times. That's something that he got better at as his career went on. And I think you know his senior year he did he did uh, ha- uh, suffer a little bit from having a lack of um, scoring around him, but I'm hoping that Hauser is also somebody that will take some pressure off Prentice, and I think Prentice could be a, more of a distributor and take his spots as an offensive guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can definitely play alongside Beekman because uh, London he developed during the course of his career into a guy who who's good coming off those screens, those pin downs, and those and those flare screens. After four years in the system, so yeah, he'll definitely. No, know. there's a lot to like with London Prentice. So I mean, yeah. It's, yeah so. All right, Val Prohaska, you're on the clock. Hmm. Well, one of so, the things that we did uh, over this weekend was here at Who's Place is we uh, recorded our first Zoom call, and you know. Seattle, who will be putting that on uh, over the next uh, couple of days. But conversation we had with my uh, fellow analysts 
led me to realize that uh, I'm the only one who's really bearish on um, Casey Marcel. Uh, everybody else seems to be much higher on his uh, progression. I was disappointed with his play last year, but I think I'm going to be swayed by uh, the acknowledgments and the positive vibes coming from uh, the rest of the Who's Play staff. And I'm going to count on Casey Morsell getting out of his head, regaining his confidence, developing a three-point shot that is better than 18%, and living to play the the mid-range game that I think will be his ultimate strength. So I'm going to go with Casey Morsell. That is a great pick. That that is a great pick. Like you know, I I watched several of Casey's high school games, and he really is Val. He really is a player who can do everything on the basketball court. He's he's a tough kid, and apparently from an article, a great article in the Athletic on him, you know, he didn't play much as a freshman. And he went through. He didn't play. It's not like it's not like here where he played and he played poorly. But he 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 didn't play, which is another challenge of its own. And he handled that challenge and just worked and listened and learned and grew. And and I I, I really like that you're you're believing in him to do the same thing here because he is he's a player um, with a lot of skills. All right, so we have now completed five rounds. And Val, each let's see, each of our players has taken one of the the graduates, so they each have one left. And then we have, I I, I guess we have um, four scholarship players left. Carson McCorkle is still out there, and Francisco Cafaro is still available, and Justin McCoy is still available, and. I'm Caden Shedrick. Caden Shedrick, that's right. Caden Shedrick. All right. So as we start round five, who amp? You're on the clock. All right. Uh, for this pick, uh, in the interest, we have to take six of the players that are on the current roster. Um, I'm going to go with Cafaro. Uh, Francisco Cafaro. Seven foot. 240-pound center from Argentina coming to the University of Virginia by way of the NBA Global Academy in Australia. I think uh, my team uh, could use a little bit of um, a little bit of power, a little bit of uh, size, you know, yeah. Jack, <laughs> yeah, Jack Salt-esque um, screen setting. Uh, he's a wide body down there. He, he's already filled out. Um, and yeah, obviously I, I need a better interior defender than I have right now. So I'm going to go with, uh, Kafaro. And I, you know, there were a couple games last year where he showed a little bit of, um, a download alternative game, I thought. And I think, uh, we've, you know, described him as Jack Salt 2.0, but, uh, I think the idea being there that it's a little bit, uh, it's an improved, uh, version mm-hmm. on offense. So, uh, I'm hoping that Kafaro continues to take a take a jump there. Uh, based on the uh, Who's Place um, video that we did yesterday, I think I might be uh, a little higher than some of the people uh, with Who's Place, some of the other, some of my colleagues on Cedric, uh, maybe taking a jump. But early on, at least, 
I think Kafaro would definitely see more time than him. So I'm going to go with Kafaro in this instance. And I think that's a good pick because, I, you know, if you're looking at matching up somebody against Jay Huff, uh, Francisco Kafaro is going to be um, – He's going to be a good matchup against Huff because he's going to force Huff to come down there and defend in the post and take on somebody who's just burly and powerful and uh, get him in foul trouble. So it's a good pick. All right, with the second pick in the fifth round, Val Prohaska, you're on the clock. Well, who have got uh, the Howitzer Hauser and you got some of us the Tensai? I need some three-point shooting myself, which means that I am going to rely on uh, another freshman, which is very risky. But I'm going to go with Carson McCorkle, who is a lights-out shooter. And my prediction is he's going to be a better three-point shooter than Kyle Guy was over his career. But McCorkle is also coming off an injury this year. Now, People are falling out of the gallery. The- Look, let's not let that bold proclamation go unchallenged. Val Prohaska has predicted that Carson McCorkle is going to be a better three-point shooter through his career than Kyle Guy, who is the University of Virginia career three-point percentage leader. Oh, my God. The, the gallery's going crazy here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, um, I don't see that happening personally, but it would be great for Virginia if he does. Well, like um, Kyle Guy, like Casey Morsell, um, McCorkle committed earlier than, you know, most of his, you know, the, the rest of his, um, you know, compadres in this particular mm-hmm. class. I like that desire. He knew where he wanted to come. He was, I think he's still, you know, considered a three-star, right, in some services. But, yeah, he's not. You know, he's he was rising. He... We knew he was getting better. Look, Carson McCorkle was a top 30, 35 recruit in his in his class before he reclassified. So at, out of the sophomore class, he he was like a top 35 recruit. That kid was was slated to be, you know, a good four star. And then he reclassified up. And, and what tends to happen with these guys when they reclassify up is they get overlooked. They don't get slotted in. Yeah. No, I think it's a good pick. And actually, you know, I made – I was kind of making fun of that proclamation, but I don't think it's actually outrageous. As an analyst, I think there are very good reasons to say that that could happen because, look, I love Kyle Guy and I love his ability to turn in the air and all that, but I watched a kid who, frankly, I thought that his shooting fundamentals kind of broke down because he get he got into the habit of turning in the air and kicking his leg out, and really, honestly, his stroke wasn't as repeatable as it should have been. And Carson McCorkle, his maybe he can't turn in the air like guy, but his stroke is sweet and it's pure and it's repeatable. He's more consistent with his stroke, and he is probably the second best shooter on this team. When when they were talking about best shooter on a team, and he said. You know that he's not that far behind Hauser. His teammates like agreed with them, so I think actually we could. Carson McCorkle does have a chance to leave here. Let's say as a you know with a higher career three point percentage than Kyle Guy. You know Kyle was like forty two something percent, which is really good. But you know we could see a guy come out at forty three, forty three and a half percent. 
which is extremely reasonable, and I can definitely see Carson doing that. All right, so we have now completed five rounds, and we're moving on to round six, and that puts Huamp back on the clock. All right, with this pick, followed by some, I'm going to go with Akil Mitchell. Akil Mitchell graduated from University of Virginia in 2014, six foot seven, kind of combo forward out of, I believe, Charlotte, North Carolina, who helped lead University of Virginia and Tony Bennett to the school's first ACC tournament championship since 1976 and the first double championship in Virginia history. And I think that he's somebody that's, um, I got a, you know, I got Hauser, who's versatile and a big guy down there, or, you know, could kind of play the three a little bit. And then I got uh, Kafaro to help uh, be the enforcer. And then I think Mitchell's a little bit of both. He obviously was never a great, you know, shooter, but he just had a lot of athleticism. I remember there was a game his junior year where he had, I think, 19 points and 13 rebounds against Duke. Uh, mm -hmm. That was the Joe Harris 36-point game. So I think Mitchell was a little overshadowed in that one, but he, he had a great performance too. And I think he showed that he can um, he can carry a little bit of the load if need be. Uh, let's see. Yeah, his his junior year, his third year, Mitchell averaged uh, 13 points and nine rebounds. And he, mm -hmm. I mean, the jump he took from his second year is four, you know, four points a game and three rebounds a game that year. So he took I think he still has the second. highest single-season defensive rebounding percentage that we've had on, under Tony Bennett. Yeah, so um, like I was really impressed with, his, I was impressed with his development uh, as a Cavalier, and he was just you know there from the beginning. You know, he's one of the – almost one of the original – almost one of the original guys with Bennett and he was mm -hmm. there in the tough times and then there when the team broke through and I was just really impressed with his hustle and his defense is rebounding. And I think he, I think he does have an offensive game if it's needed, but made, mainly on my team, I'm, I want him as a defender and a rebounder hustle guy. Great. Good. Pick. You know, and there are some people who just look better in a uniform than others. I mean, he'll just always looked better. I mean, he looks like a basketball player more than any other guy that we've called out <laughs> so far. You know, a lot of these guys just look like, you know, they're they're wearing the tank top. McKeel yeah. looks like a basketball player. <laughs> you know. So yeah. um, hard not to like Akeel Mitchell. Yep. All right, and with the second pick in the sixth round, this is still sixth, right? Yes, sixth round. Val Prohaska, you're on the clock. No, this is the seventh round. Um, Seventh? So that means really? that I've got my choice, yes, okay. um, between McCoy and Shedrick. And I'm going to go with Justin McCoy. Um, very intrigued by what Shedrick might be able to do and bring. But we know that there's going to be a problem with minutes. He's got Kofaro and Huff, you know, and and Hauser. I mean, we, we've got a lot of people to play minutes. I think McCoy got his, you know, freshman touch last year. That is what Shedrick is going to get this year. And I'm going to bank on McCoy getting more minutes. So I think McCoy will have a better season this year than Shedrick's going to have. So I'm going to go with uh, my, uh, with, with McCoy 
Justin McCoy um, as my seventh pick. All right. Justin McCoy is a 6'8", 225-pound forward out of, uh, I think, Cary, North Carolina, and he is a true sophomore. Yes. All right, so that completes – that's our seventh round? So there's only one round left? Yep, one oh, round correct. left. Wow, you guys are fast. All right, so uh, starting the seventh round, yeah, who amp? You're on the round. clock. Eighth round, excuse He's me. On the eighth round. I eighth still, round. I'm trying to make the <laughs> seventh round. It's, but yeah, <laughs> you can tell I'm not writing these down. So, all right, um, I'm pretty much uh, at the spot where I'll have to take Cedric. Uh, yep, you are. So, have to take Cedric. Uh, and I consensus. Top 100 player in his recruiting class. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly where he was in the RSCI top 100, but it was right around the same area that Jay Huff was in his year. Six foot eleven. Six eleven. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, six eleven out of uh, North Carolina. Again, I don't remember exactly what what town in North Carolina, but uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Holly Springs. Yep. So I mean, I'm I think looking that, forward to seeing this guy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, four-star guy. Uh, he put on about 15 pounds uh, from last, since last year, and you know he's gonna he, he's gonna have a hard time seeing the court at first with the experience that's ahead of him. But you know, I mean, we have had a redshirt freshman by the name of DeAndre Hunter one time that had a breakout mid-season. So maybe mm-hmm. Cedric can do that down low. Um, and I think he brings uh, more of an offensive game than uh, Kafar does right now. Maybe uh, he's obviously pretty pretty light. Uh, he's got to put on some more weight so that he can bang down low with uh, ACC uh, forwards and power forwards and centers. But um, Cedric, I think he's uh, going to be a great player for us. And uh, in time, just give him some time. Yeah, yeah, he's going to have a hell of a career. But I, I do agree, he's going to have a hard time getting on the floor this year. Okay, so I've got the last pick. I have to um, take somebody who's graduated, and we joked about this off-air, but I am going to make it official. I am going to take Grant Kersey. Um, (laughs) And just because his story and what he did for the team, I think, is is just huge. And I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before. Not sure that I've ever convinced anybody, but... You know, we came out of that UMBC game, you know, and we opened up the next season, and we needed to be open. We needed to be up. We needed basketball to be fun. And Grant Percy, who's perfect in his UVA career, both from the three, the line, you know, and, you know, with, you know, inside the line, he was he was the feel-good story, and I think it was – He's a huge part of making basketball fun. They had to get over that collective funk. And it was one of my disappointments last year. He only got in one game. Mm. And last year was a grind. It was hard. It was tough. We sucked for a lot of it. There wasn't that time. And I think we never had the, hey, this is just fun. We want to go out and we're cheering. And, you know, it's great when starters are on the bench, you know, cheering on the reserves. And we never had those moments. We never got those moments at all. It was an utter, utter grind the whole season. We missed Grant Kersey last year. I mean, the the, the Kersey that, you know, 
came off without a name on his on his jersey, you know. And then, you know, he had his jersey retired right alongside, you know, Salt and Braxton Keys. So, um, you know, my favorite story at Virginia basketball is Grant Kersey. So if I've got a chance to put him on my team, you know, I'm 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 going with Grant Kersey even if, you know, even if we were to, you know, line these guys up and he would kill me, I'm, I'm still going to take Grant Kersey. <laughs> Notre Dame can have Rudy. We've got Grant Kersey. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so there yeah, you have you it. You, I was going to say you can't knock uh, you can't knock what Kersey brought, uh, like Val was saying, to that team that won the championship. I mean, he's kind of like the fun soul of it. And, I mean, he that yeah. year – he hit that three to uh, against Marshall to get 100 points, first time under Bennett. And I mean, you know, yeah, that, that was crazy. So. That was incredible. It was, you know, I was actually he there. Stole the rebound, you know. He stole yes. the ball, stepped back, and shot. I mean, come on, he does yeah. that. You know, it was incredible. Yes, huevos, massive huevos, huevos grandes. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. We've had some great walk-on moments, haven't we? We've had some great walk-on moments from, what was it, Thomas Rogers? I hit that three against Syracuse. That was really the first one. And then, dude, I think it was the very next year, Cade Curvin hits one against Louisville at the end of the game. (laughs) On senior night, both nights, both guys seniors on senior night. And then uh, Grant Kersey to to give Tony Bennett the first 100-point game of his career. And you, yeah, know, you know, Seattle, yeah. you you did a wonderful piece on the walk-on moment for last year's basketball preview, and I think you ought to just bring it up and redo it because it's it, it's a wonderful piece, and it's what I go back to every single time that I read. You know, if it, I haven't gone back to look at most of the articles and most uh, of what we wrote about in last year's preview, but I've gone back to that probably five or six times. That's cool. And I think yeah, I just fun. bring that forward and, and add it. It, 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 it. You did a really awesome job on it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that one was fun. I, you know, sometimes I like to go back and, and read some of the old analyses and, and, um, I gotta be honest. I think we do a damn good job. When I go back and, and I read some of the things that that we wrote about the team and about players, you know, before the season starts, and then you look at what they did and, and how the season panned out, and there's some things we hit right on the money. Mm-hmm. So, and that we should yeah. maybe have a bold predictions, you know, end of the end of the season, you know, do a grade on on our bold predictions. So. Yeah, uh, you know, and I forgot to post the. Um, the ACC bold predictions today. I was supposed to do that at lunchtime, but I got caught up in something. I forget what it was. But well, there there, there will be lunchtime tomorrow. So yeah, well now see now I'm behind schedule, but I guess there's we, there may not be any schedule to worry about because who knows if we're going to play. <laughs> yeah, so I mean to that if we yeah if we only it's possibility I guess we won't even play Maine, so it will be a little bit more preseason. Yeah. All right, so good job, gentlemen. I, I think we have two very good teams, and it's a nice way to introduce the players and kind of talk about the players. And, you know, I think we've got a great team. I, I'm really excited. I, I, I like how this format, you know, we, we've we analyzed some of the players 
and been honest and with some of them it's been pretty rough in, in what we've had to say but in this format you kind of had to bring out the positives of every player because you're explaining why you drafted them and so we heard mm-hmm. you know what the potential that Cody Statman has and you know we heard you know Val professing his faith in, in Casey Marcel and so I you know I, I think that was good and you know we we aim to be unfiltered. We aim to be honest. We aim to be analytical. And so, you know, at times that that leads to being harshly critical. And you know, Val's a coach, and and I've, you know, I, I coached in my time. And you know, as a coach or any position where you're charged with helping people to grow and develop, at times that involves being harshly critical. And as long as that criticism is offered in a spirit of, you know, wanting to help that person improve, then, you know, that's, that's the important thing. And so, but I I always believe that you also have to make sure that you acknowledge the positives that when somebody, when they do the good things, even if it's expected, even if they're just doing their job or if they're just doing what they're supposed to do, what's expected that, that you have to acknowledge that and give it a positive acknowledgement, a thank you, a good job, a, a this. And, and that if you do that, that the players, the, the people that are under your supervision, they're going to better accept your harsh criticism when they screw up. Um, Cause they're, they know when they do well, they're going to get praise and not just the criticism. And this helped us to helped us to do that, and not just you know keep pounding on you know a couple of college kids who doing their best but struggled. And you know, it, again, when when they mess up, you know, it, we can't not point that out because then we're not doing. You don't do anybody any favors if you just right. But but ultimately, we're fans. You right. know, and, and that's what that's what it is, and we just want to share that fan experience. I mean, face it, I pick Grant Kersey for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only about the fan for that, you know. I mean, that's what we do. You know, we, we enjoy this and we see this. But I, I, I did want to say one thing about this draft. I mean, near as I can tell, this is a who's place exclusive format. You know, for the last two years, this is how Carl Hess has introduced the baseball team. So even if you don't follow baseball, which I don't, you know, at the beginning of each year, Carl, you know, has a draft and they do the same thing. They just draft all the players so you can get relative importance. Uh, right. You know, what it what it means, you know, who, we've got to choose somebody, you know, with with, you know, Aaron had to who have had to pick with his second pick. Was he going to go with, a you know, did, do you have to go with Hoff or are you going to take? You know, Reese Beekman, knowing mm-hmm. that you've got to have a point guard, and you know how important point guards are to Tony. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thought exercise, and I wanted to bring it, you know, to the basketball side. So you know, thank you, Huam, for <laughs> for doing this. But I, I'm not aware of any publication. I read all kinds of previews all across all kinds of sports. And this is a who, this is a whose place, you know, exclusive. Nobody right. else is doing this. I'm sure, and if somebody else is, that somebody out there is going to say, hey. These guys did it too, but um, as far I haven't as we been know, able to find it. So and it, it is it's a good format. Great idea. Like all so, around um, yeah. yeah. So so pick a team, Seattle. If uh so 
All right, so you're gonna, you guys are going to have Hauser. to help me. So Val, list your team, and then okay. Amp, list your team. Okay, so I've got Clark running the point. Uh, Huff's my five. I've got uh, Abdul Rahim is my three. I've got uh, Braxton Key as my four. I've got Casey Morcell as my two. And then, um, you know, McCorkles and McCoy are off the bench. And Kersey's there to uh, rub your nose in it when it's all done. <laughs> okay. And now, who amp? All right. I've got a uh, graduate London Parentis running the point um, once he became eligible for this draft. Um, and then I will have uh, Beekman backing him up and hopefully being on the floor with him at times. I'll have uh, Thomas as the uh, Walden Tensai as the starting two, uh, hoping that he continues uh, or he continues to show more consistency from three point three point land. And then I'll have uh, Hauser, our transfer from Marquette, hopefully the uh, Player of the Year in the ACC. Um, and then I'll have uh, Keel Mitchell as a as a four, a graduate who's a springy, great defender, rebounder. Uh, and then um, I'll have Cafaro as an enforcer down low, and um, Shedrick will kind of be his understudy. So it's your pick, pick, Seattle. Didn't somebody pick Cody Statman? Yeah, who am I? Oh, all right. Sorry. Yeah. Statman is my three. Sorry, I skipped over him. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Statman is my three. Well, you know, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with who amp. I love okay. I love the Jay Huff Kihei Clark combination, and I like I like some of the other things from that team. But you know, I I really I really like that pick of Akil Mitchell, and if 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 I'm running that team, I'm starting Mitchell and Hauser. And uh, yeah, I uh, I think I think that Mitchell lets you do so many things, and Hauser lets you do so many things, and now Statman's got some flexibility, and you've got the shooting with Wolda Tensai, and uh, Lennon Prentice and Beekman. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with it, but it's 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 not by a lot. It's definitely not by a lot. So we'll we'll have to keep an eye on on how things go and you know the players the London Prentice and Kill Mitchell you know try to see how their seasons go this year too so thank you gentlemen it's good to go back and grade this it will be good to go back and grade this draft and see see how it looks that's right so a little just a programming note we will be doing another Hoops 2020 episode soon we've done the posts and the forwards we're going to do the wings and uh, we'll talk about the Villanova game because we've done Florida, which is now a waste, and Michigan State. So Villanova is next. So that's going to be our probably our next podcast. I will be getting the video, which we're calling Down in the Corner. That's that's going to be the name of the, the Zoom series, Down in the Corner. That's going to be fun. And then uh, we'll be finishing up the season preview publication this week dot t- Tuesday 
and then uh, we'll have St. Louis game preview for the main game, and then we'll just take it from there. So, hope everybody enjoyed this. Val, who am? Thank you, and uh, Wahoo Wah, everybody. Wahoo Wah, it's a lot of fun. Yep, Wahoo Wah. Yeah.